0: hello everyone this is the jmail for real podcast yes that is right this is the jmail for real podcast coming back at you with your host jmail and the man the myth the legend the one and only mr joshua reary say hello to everyone
1: hi hope everybody's having a good day um i don't know it's nice outside it's beautiful baseball's in full gear, and we're talking about football again so it's <laughs> nice um I will go ahead and take a note from Mr. Miller's book here and apologize that I had to take a couple weeks off. I got COVID, and then right after I had COVID, my wife and kid had COVID. So it was a pretty crazy household. But in my completely non-political statement for the day, thank God we're vaccinated because the virus isn't that bad if you're vaccinated and boosted. And we are all returned to school and work, and we are all healthy now.
0: Excellent. I I am really thankful. And we've been praying for you guys. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you're back in the saddle. And, you know, it wasn't just... Uh, I would like to apologize for my absence too. Schedules changed over here. This is a time of year that I, one of my jobs becomes uh, drastically busier and uh, enrolled my daughter in martial art classes. And I just didn't, um, I finally found the balance again in time for, uh, in, in time for the, the COVID outbreak. And so it's one of those things where, but thank you guys for, you know, staying tuned in. I've noticed that people have still been listening to older shows. I guess that's what happens when you have a year's worth of shows out. Some people start to follow for the first time. God, people, if you're listening to the old shows, get a life. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's, it's like these shows are, are very time-stamped for, may- for maybe like two weeks at best. But, you know, but don't the worry, same- they
1: get a lot better, guys. They get a lot better.
0: The, the, they really do, so, um, but yeah, no, there's, uh, and we, we have the full slate coming back, and um, uh, today we're going to be doing our draft show, but we're going to take some time to talk about what has kind of been, uh, like, maybe the biggest story in sports over the last <laughs> four to five days, let alone baseball and football, so it merged the two worlds. Uh, I'm going to let my, uh, uh, my uh, the huge baseball fan uh, take a swig yeah. at this.
1: Oh, that was funny. Take a swing. I I caught that. So apparently the one thing in life Mike Trout is not good at. uh, I mean, if you look at his uh, hobbies, he's great. His wife is beautiful. His kids are adorable. On the field, he's probably one of the best we'll ever see. Apparently the one thing Mike Trout can't do is uh, commission a fantasy football league. (laughs) Um, First of all, if you're Mike Trout, why are Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson in your fantasy league? You can do much better. But, um, so... Apparently, Tommy Pham uh, called out Jock Peterson because Jock put a guy that was li- ruled out. Uh, the guy was Jeff Wilson of the 49ers. He put Jeff Wilson on his IR when he was ruled out. Tommy Pham took offense to this. However, the rules clearly said he can put an out player on your IR like a lot of leagues
0: do. Well, oh, That's what the ESPN rules said. Apparently, there was an additional league constitution where there's some lack of clarity. Like, Well, <laughs> to make it
1: better, though, In another week that those two are also in together, Tommy Pham owned Jeff Wilson, who was listed as out, and put him on the IR. So uh, first time these two gentlemen are going to be face-to-face since this controversy happened. Things got a little heated, and Tommy Pham received a three-game suspension after
0: slapping Peterson across the face. Which, for the record, the whole reason why he he was angry was because – uh, Peterson was messing with his money, you know, the 10 grand that they, that he put down to play in the league. He lost yep. 130 grand <laughs> for, for yeah. suspension. So it's like, oh, well, who's messing with your money now, right?
1: Right. I mean, what's crazy is that Tommy Tham's not that great. The fact that Tommy Tham is able to, is making like $30,000 a day yeah. it blows my mind, because he's not very good. Um, He's He's a perennial utility player that plays for Cincinnati Reds. And that's a team that not even a lot of baseball fans care to follow. Um, but it was, it, I think it's a great story. Um, but it does lead to the first question of the day. Okay. John Miller, is it ethical to put an out player
0: on your IR? It all depends what your league rules are. Like, you know, as far as. As far as I'm concerned, any league that I host, I I will allow COVID to go on IR. I will allow out to go on IR. Uh, Honestly, I'm one of those people who believe um, I don't run any league with doubtful on the IR, but Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of people are opposed to it, but I am pro doubtful players being on the IR because doubtful players are just wasting a bench spot for the person that they're doubtful for because there's no way they're going to play. They should be marked out anyway
1: yeah i mean I, I completely agree, and you know I think it is crazy though that they're talking they're making these guys are making
0: so much money
1: and then over a ten thousand dollar league but, they but get upset
0: if, if the rules said you're not allowed to do it like we haven't you know what what Mike trout needs to do he needs to release this league constitution public. that's what he, he really to. does. I, but but uh, knows it'll make him look bad because he didn't stand uh, by, by the rules that were set forward. But um, not that Mike Trout can look bad because apparently he was forced into being commissioner in this league. Like, he didn't even want to be. How do you force Mike Trout to do anything he doesn't want to do? Like, ah.
1: Well, it was a similar situation. I think we've both been in leagues similar to this where if somebody doesn't step up to become the new commissioner, there is no league. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a league that these guys – a lot of these guys have been playing in for, you know – they, they get their spot gifted to them. From my understanding, this is a league where you get gifted your spot by the person that's leaving the league. Okay. And you have to be an active MLB player to play in this league. So when you retire or you can no longer get signed, some that person is out of the league and will gift you their spot. Okay. And uh, apparently the league was going to fold because nobody would take the commissioner responsibility. And it was last season where if you follow baseball, Mike Trout missed the entire, year. he played, I think three, three weeks all year. Gotcha. So he stepped in because he's like, well, I'm not doing anything anyway. Also he plays for the angels and their season always ends their way.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, so I, I mean, you know, obviously think- there's, there's a lot of ins and outs of this story. Like, uh like, the fact that uh, the one thing that I want to cover, like, how do you, how are you in second place and quit on the league? Like his whole argument was about integrity of the game. And mm-hmm. then he leaves a roster without a coach, well, w- w- without a captain for the, the, the home stretch, like very important games. Like it is right. whether or not Peterson Lacked integrity in what he did, which we will never know unless we see that constitution. Fam right. showed a bigger, a greater lack of integrity by leaving without having anyone to fill his spot.
1: Also, and I know it's not it's not acceptable, but in Jock Peterson's defense here, Tommy Fam was done playing at this point, and Jock Peterson was in the playoffs, and he ended up winning a World Series ring out of this out of last year. So it's, you know, Jock had some bigger things going on than figuring out could he, and I believe I read, and I'm not, I don't want to misspeak completely, but I believe I read that this occurred when Jock Peterson was going through his World Series run. And the majority of those games actually do conflict with football. Yeah. So that, and you're not allowed, you're allowed to have your phone in the clubhouse, but you're not allowed to bring a phone into the lock, into the dugout with you. And most teams have rules that you're not allowed in the clubhouse except to use the restroom during a game. Mm. So the guy might've, he might've just been in a bad situation.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, so Do we know that this was definitely the 2021 season? Cause I've heard some reports say 2021. I've heard other reports say 2020.
1: Oh, I don't know if it was 2020, that's even more ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, Hey, here's the thing, Graydon. I don't like playing fantasy football with you. You annoy the crap out of me in the league chats. <laughs> However, I will not slap you in the face, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, and Graydon, and I have a, we have a rivalry, you know. Like, that's not, it's not made up. Like it's not a for show thing. Like some of my other rivalries, that's a real one. And, and I'm not going to slap him, and I would expect that he wouldn't slap me. But if he did, I'd slap him back. But, <laughs> Can we get to the other point here? What full-grown man slaps somebody? Yeah, right. It's like make,
0: <laughs> it's like making it a punch if you're really offended, <laughs> right? <laughs> or you know, I was reading this too. Or don't repay, uh, or
1: just don't do it, right? <laughs> or I was reading this too. Why not? You know, he he's playing for a baseball team. There's unwritten rules. If you and I are on the same team, I'll take care of your grudges. You take care of mine. We'll look out for each other. Why well, don't ask one of your pitchers download a 94-mile-an-hour fastball when it was kidney? <laughs> like, it said you slap him. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. Uh, so uh, but, uh, we covered that. So well, let's transition into some sad news.
0: Yeah, so uh, – and maybe we should have let off with this, but we had the baseball-football comment at the beginning, so I started with that. Um, you know, earlier this week, uh, cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals, Jeff Gladney, passed away. Uh, age of 25 years old, former first round draft pick, uh, was just starting to get to a point where he could be starting on that team. Like he was seeing uh, more snaps, and uh, uh, a car accident took his life at the age of 25 this, earlier this week. It's it's incredibly sad news. Um, we we our thoughts our prayers uh, go out to um, the family and friends and teammates of Gladney. Uh, you know that. That's a team that has seen plenty of adverse uh, adversary and, uh, you know, not obviously family and friends foremost, but it's a team that's seen a lot of adversary over the course of the last few years as a whole. So it's one of those things where I'm just, uh, you know, uh, just our our hearts go out to the Gladney family at this point in time.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to transition to other sad news, uh, Marion Barber passed away. And um I missed that was, yeah, he uh, it, it appears that he took his own life at the age of 36. So wow. well, uh, you know, I that guy was a he was a pro bowler, he did some pretty good stuff, and I think this is an opportune time to just remind people, um, even though this podcast is gonna get white hearted again, I promise you of that. Yeah. if you're yeah. in that situation, it's one 273 help. Um if you, if you, even if you feel those dark moments and the dark bots creeping in, it, it, a lot of times it's too late to call for help when the moment's happening. But calling call somebody for help, you know, even if you think nobody cares, there's somebody in your life that cares and there's somebody in your life that will be affected 100%. And uh, the last deep, dark thing I'm going to say all day is nobody, you know, in that moment, a lot of people think that people's lives will be better without them in it. And I, I just want to ensure everybody that that's not true. Yeah. Nobody's life, nobody's situation gets better because you take your own life.
0: And, so. and you know, just a, one thing that all three of these stories have somewhat in common, too, uh, before we move forward. It's, you know, it's a simple, remember to take care of your mental health, too, because if, I don't know, if Tommy Pham is seeing a therapist during this time, there's a great chance that this is not a story at all. And we don't know what, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, the the Gladney death potentially could have happened either way. We don't know everything that happens, but um, some stress, some anger, whatever, it, it, even dealing with a little can impair your driving a lot. So it's one of those things where it's just remember always make sure to not only look after your physical health but your mental health too. So right.
1: And just check in on other people, guys. Yeah. Just have, have common decency. If you know somebody's going through something, check in on them. Make sure they're okay.
0: Yeah. 100%. Definitely. Well, I,
1: I mean, we could transition a little bit into what the people are paying us the good money for. Also, feel free to pay PayPal me money or Venmo me money, people. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Sure <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy football is coming up. I got league fees to pay. Um,
0: <laughs> and so, um yeah, but... Uh, he doesn't win enough football, leagues uh, to make up for it, so... <laughs> I do not. I do not at
1: all. And uh, my fantasy baseball league, I inherited a very bad team, and I made the situation okay-ish, but I am not getting paid from that league this year either. So, uh, but overall... um well, I wanted to ask you one more question before we really dive into this draft breakdown, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, let's let's do it.
1: How do you feel about the idea? <clears throat> Sorry. So in baseball, Joe Girardi, manager of the Phillies, got fired today after a five-game losing streak as teams 22 and 29. Okay. In general, how do you feel about teams when you know your coach is going to be fired at the end of the year? What if you just fired them? gave That that gives the interim coach a chance to say, I'm here. I know your system. I know your personnel. I've won with these guys that you couldn't win before.
0: Yeah, um, I don't see – when you know you're done, I don't see why you shouldn't move on. It's not fair to the team. It's not fair to the person you're firing, and it's not first, uh, fair to the person who potentially can step up in the organization. Uh, right it's not it's not even fair to the person who might take over the team next year because they get to see what the team uh a different side of the team that that they might be taking over
1: yeah um so we're in agreement then that it's better to let somebody go early than it is late
0: i mean you you know if, if, if somebody has been if somebody has been um if they're on like a, a one month probation at, at work, you know, uh, to, to start the whole thing off. And if after two weeks, they're still screwing up every single thing,
1: are you mm-hmm. really going to
0: wait till the one month is over? Or are you just going to say, hey, maybe this isn't the job for you to the person? Like,
1: so I'm on a one. I was, when I started this job, I was on a one year probation.
0: Yeah. Um. And if you were maybe, awful after four months, you would, ex- it would have been expected to, been let go of right right yeah would have been common courtesy
1: to let me go let me start finding something new uh, you know by the way don't worry guys I'm, I'm no longer on probation I'm good um, um but to answer your next question that somebody just is going to ask I still get drug tested so no um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh you yeah, know I love my job and I I, I would stay in my job my I will stay in this field for the rest of my career. However, if I knew my employer was going to let me go, I'd want to go first. Like let okay. me go start my life. Yep. You know. But um, speaking of starting your life, I think this is the perfect segue. Yep. Sorry, there was a bird Same that way. just flew yeah. in my. There was a bird that flew into my window, and I got confused. Um, okay. Speaking of segue, starting your life. What's up with the NFL draft? Yeah, let's about this.
0: So uh, it, it it we're. Pre- for those of you who've been following uh, the Peterson and and fan story, you know, that we are bringing this draft show to you very late. And uh, I I, I do wish to apologize for that once again, but at the same time, it's still kind of relevant because it's not like we've seen a lot of, we haven't seen anything from any of these rookies at this point in time. We've seen a few moves that make, uh, uh, that that make some of these uh, draft classes, uh, maybe a tad worse but not enough to alter so what we're going to do in the spirit of it being a month out and it being one of those this is one of those shows that's being uh record recorded more for the archives and more so that you can see well where where, where our opinions were before anything meaning uh, meaningful really happens with these rookies we're going to focus on we're going to give you our top 10 draft classes and uh i'm including draft day trades also but I'm not including – so I'm going to include A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown in, in draft classes, but I'm not going to include Tyree Kill because it happened a month before they had. So – So uh, I want to clarify
1: this for the listener. Yes. What you're getting is the j for real top 10. Yes. And, jo- and Josh's insights onto the j for real top 10.
0: Okay. You're, you're getting – all right. Uh, you're, you're, you're not going to give any alternates?
1: I, I, I might throw one or two alternates in there. I thought it would be very redundant if we were listing off our same top 10 because at some point we're just going to be listing the same seven or so. Uh,
0: I, I will say one thing. I do have a controversial uh, leave out being that I didn't include the Houston Texans in my top 10. And I know that they were a very popular uh, pick. But at the same time, um, I act, I seriously think these other 10 teams did much better. As a matter of fact, I have Houston much lower on the list than, yeah, no, um I have Houston pretty low on my list, actually. Uh,
1: I right can't remember, we, we talked about this previously, and I'm, I apologize. I'm just bringing it up now.
0: No problem. How many bottom teams are we doing? Just like a bottom three, right? Uh, I'm not even, uh, I'm not even uh, fully doing the bottom because you, the problem is the, my, two of my bottom three didn't have any draft picks because they traded for Deshaun Watson and Tyree Kill. That makes sense? So, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there before here then. The
1: the worst move of this NFL draft, Baker Mayfield still on the Browns.
0: How'd yeah, Baker Mayfield's still on the Browns, and Cleveland comes in at second to last for me, only above the New England Indians.
1: In case you guys were wondering and you heard that, it's a Mountain Dew, Major Melons.
0: It's nothing else. Calm down. And, and this um, is just water in here. See? See, guys? Yeah, <laughs> water over a keyboard yeah. smart on my part. <laughs> so um yeah who's your top pick all right or do so, you want
1: to go 10 to 1 or you want to go 1 to 10 we'll let's, let's, let's,
0: it. It. let's go 10 to 1 because okay. actually you know, you know what I think there's more intrigue around the 8 9 10 because everybody knows that the one has to be Jets or Phillies so it's it's just a matter of which one I what which one I put up there right you mean the Giants aren't your number one the Giants are my number four Whoa, bro! Spoilers. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. Okay. I I think universally, a lot of people will say that the Jets are one, and it's funny because as a Jets fan, I I have this apprehension in me at all times, and I'm kind of like, well, I mean, I, I. I feel like Philly is right there with it and the AJ Brown is a proven commodity and everything. But at the end of the day, I, uh, I stopped being a, uh, a self-loathing Jets fan. And I said, you know what, let, let, let's be honest. The, the Jets got, um, the Jets got probably the top corner in the bat, uh, in the draft. They got uh, probably the top running back. They got one, one of the, uh, they probably got the fourth best pass rusher and one of the top two wide receivers. Like, even if it stopped there, even if it stopped there, that's probably number one. But they also added the top run blocking tight end in the draft, too. And now you're starting to see it's kind of like, wow, they got the two backs, they got the block, run blocking tight end, they improved the offensive line. You're actually starting to see the formula that made the 49ers kind of, uh, kind of successful, over, uh, over that stretch. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I, I have to acknowledge just on the strength of, of what they did through the, uh, through the first two days, it's, it's really not even close because Garrett Wilson could end up being AJ Brown, you know, AJ Brown level could, could be with, uh, because AJ Brown's always going to be injured and we don't know if Wilson's <laughs> going to be injured. Does
1: that make sense? It's- it does. Did you catch? Did you catch my sideways glance that I shot you by accident? Oh, what? I I just was like, wow, he's going right to that. Okay.
0: Okay. But, but I, I'm just saying, in the end, it, it would not be incredibly shocking to find out that the Jets had five long-term starters from this draft.
1: No, I think I personally think the Jets did incredible. Um, if I'm a Jet fan, I'm happy, and you know. The other thing I'm going to say is I'm still all in on Zach Wilson. So yeah. Getting him, getting him a real target, I think is really good. And the other
0: thing too, is they if Zach Wilson doesn't work out, they kind of Wilson proof this team because that run game should be really good.
1: Uh, Yeah. You would think so.
0: So, you know, obviously if, if they're crowding eight in the box, we, 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 You know, we don't know what this Jets offense is going to look like. We're not suddenly predicting this Jets offense to be a top 10 offense in the league this year. Uh, As a matter of fact, I would still be pretty comfortable in saying that uh, they're definitely not going to be a top 10 offense. But at the same time. Oh, I told you. I told you before.
1: I before this draft, looking at everything, talking to you, doing all my stuff, I I wagered that the new york jets wouldn't be the afc's champions and i stick to the fact that the new york jets could very well be the afc's champions
0: it it is so hard for a jets fan to believe that at this point in time but it feels comforting hearing it come from somebody else but we're not talking about the jets offseason as a whole we're talking about their draft and really when it comes down to it um the the jets the jets won this draft and the only reason why it's even semi-close in some people's minds which really isn't that uh, many is because when, when I look at what the uh, Eagles did on top of it, uh, trading for AJ Brown, uh, the drafting of Jordan Davis uh, for, for, from that uh, Georgia D the drafting of um, uh, Nicobe N- 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 Dean. Uh, I-, I know that he's coming back from the Achilles tendon injury, but honestly, they, they found their replacements for Cox and uh, Fletcher Cox on the future. They, they, uh, they they added uh, a receiver to to help at the uh, you know to, to help with the offense to mm-hmm. uh, train up Smith and you know at, and really when it comes down to it the moves that they made have solidified their defense to be one of sneakily one of the top in the league this year um, at the, at this point in time and that's post when Dean comes back and gets adjusted to play like I'm not expecting him there to be there week one. But I'm expecting two to three weeks after he's back from the injury for him to be a media impact player. Thoughts?
1: Yeah. I like that. Um, I actually like. I'm very high on the Jets here, and I don't think they. I disagree that they Wilson-proofed it. It's dead. I think they they looked at what he needed, and they provided it for him. Yeah. They. I don't think they were like. How do we win if this guy is not what we think he is? I was like, I think they actually looked at it and said, how do we make sure this guy is what we think he is? Like, how do we get to the point where he is
0: everything we've said that we're investing in? Uh, again, um, I, I agree with you. Uh, I definitely agree with you on that part. But, but I also look at, uh, I, I, I don't think that they were thinking of Wilson proof from the team. I'm just saying this Jets rushing attack should be a pretty decent rushing attack. With, with the pieces that, that were added throughout the offseason.
1: Um, yeah, if I'm a Jet fan right now, I'm excited.
0: Yeah. But, you know, when, when it comes down to it, the, 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 big, the biggest move for the Jets was, I, I love the fact that they didn't, uh, I, I, I really love the fact that they uh, went with sauce with their first pick. I didn't think he was going to make it to us. And that's one of the reasons why I left the Texans off this list. Because Stingley Oversauce didn't make sense in my mind. There were other things where they got a good player, but Mm -hmm. at the cost of passing on a better player. And I judge that a little more harshly than most people do. So, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's where I am with uh, one and two. And, uh, you know, honestly, as we're talking it out, it's not even as close uh, as I was thinking about it. So, um, when I went, uh, when I was looking for the three spot, I, I kept on going back and forth because there were two other teams at, after the, uh, the Jets and the Eagles, there were two other teams where, um, I felt were that much better than everyone else. And okay, I kept on looking at the giants and the Ravens and I kept on going back and forth. And w- when it all came down to it, I, I ended up putting the Ravens ahead because, uh, I love the addition of, I, I loved the addition of uh, Neil and Thibodeau to the Giants. And th- there was a lot of things that I loved about the first day of the Giants, but it kind of tapered off as the draft went on. Right, And the Ravens still nailed Kyle Hamilton on the first day, which might be my favorite pick of this draft. Like, to be completely honest, that player oh, yeah. on that team um, – We're talking immediate impact. This is my IDP uh, awareness moment of the show for the record. Kyle Hamilton Hamilton on the Baltimore Ravens. If you're starting a defensive back in your league, you can start, you can draft Kyle Hamilton and expect him to be putting up the numbers of, uh, of guys like Jamal Adams, so on and so forth. The rest of the way draft Kyle Hamilton. If you're playing a defensive back IDP awareness moment.
1: I mean, I I liked it so much, and this is obviously because I'm, you know, huge Notre Dame guy too. It, to me, he is now, you know, in a league such as like Wolf. If you're in a league like that, where it's a dynasty
0: league with slight rebuild, Kyle Hamilton's borderline first round pick for me. I 100% agree, but now now obviously people don't know how the structures of our of our league works, but yep. um, you yeah, know, uh, and. Honestly, I think in any league where the IDP is balanced to match the offensive side, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not—we're not talking about ESPN standard or uh, Yahoo standard, so on and so forth, but where the IDP is uh, is balanced to where defensive players are uh, as valuable as offensive players, Kyle Hamilton is a first-round pick, in my opinion, in a dynasty or contract league. Um, so. You know, add that, and then you know a jobo the second day, and what was? Um, I'm missing someone. I'm missing someone important. I also liked one one of their later round guys, but we, we don't you know obviously we don't know much, but uh, I have a good feeling about Tyler uh, Bidet. Bidet, yeah. Um, who who that am I? missing like something. Like... What? that guy's name sounds
1: like something you see in a fancy bathroom.
0: Yes uh and a, a bidet probably is it probably feels very refreshing so i don't know it's on it's my bucket so, list <laughs> new bucket list objective for me all right all right so use a bidet but um okay I, why am i brain farting the pick in between hamilton and Ojabo? who did the ravens take um and why did i not write it down
1: so I'm just going to throw it out there to the listeners that um, John Miller doesn't write things down as much as he should.
0: Yeah, well, I, I actually have a, a very thorough list as a whole, but um, I, I didn't, I put down Hamilton. I know there's another pick here. I put down Hamilton. I put down a Jabo, but is that really everything I'm basing it off of? No.
1: So I, I'm just going to say Kyle Hamilton, oh. That that was a steal.
0: Why do you look for that absolute steal of the draft right there? Linderbaum, they they uh they add it to the offensive line too, uh, with a solid pick. There we go. I need to be better at writing down <laughs> names of offensive line, uh, guys. That, that, that's what it is. A little more big guy love, you know. Kyle Hamilton, uh, is you know, a lot of times we look for the steal to be uh like a day two pick that should have been. Uh, a mid uh, day one, but Kyle Hamilton falling to what was it 13? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's it is completely unacceptable that they did that, that, uh, that, that the rest of the league allowed that to happen. And, uh, you know, great for the Ravens. Um, it is shocking, it is shocking, <laughs> it is shocking what, what that's gonna be this season. So, oh, absolutely, uh, uh, Giants, once again. They nailed, they not only nailed their, their two picks in the top 10 in Evan Nail and uh, Kevon Thibodeau, but they they got incredible. Like those two players should have been gone by the time they were uh, picking those two picks. You agree with that, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, absolutely. When, when, when
1: Thibodeau was still there. I, like, was freaking out inside. I was like, how? How are you guys letting us walk away with this right now? Yeah. And I, I was doing your podcast with you at that moment, and um, I flat out said it then, and I, I'll say it again, that that was what every Giants fan needed to see yep. to make us believe that maybe our team still has a shot.
0: <clears throat> yeah, no, this is – absolutely amazing so he you know he, he pairs well on a defensive line that should wreak havoc this season and mm-hmm. uh you know honestly as far as you you can look at uh yeah hutchinson's on his own uh walker is with josh allen but it's uh it's one of those things where he's gonna potentially be overshadowed by josh allen and the rest of that line isn't like super great um, Jermaine Johnson has good good guys on the ins, good guys on the inside, but he's really the only guy on the outside at that point. You could argue that Thibodeau, uh, you know, sh- uh, could very well have the best season, not not best career, but best season. Well, I mean, you could argue he he might have the best career of the four. Um, you could argue he could have the best season of any rookie defensive lineman this year. You could. Hmm. And it doesn't mm-hmm. – it it, it it actually sounds like a good argument in my mind. So, all right. Uh, anything to say about the Jets, the Eagles, the Ravens, or the Giants? Would you have changed anything? Um, only thing I'm going to say about the Giants, and I hope that
1: the other Giants fans that might be listening understand where I'm coming from, I'm thrilled that we did not go quarterback anywhere. Uh, this upcoming class – you know, if you haven't started looking into this upcoming draft class yet, do yourself a favor and start preparing now because you don't have enough time to catch up. Um, this is a stacked draft class coming up. This is a draft class coming up that, I mean, th- this is, and I don't want to overstate it, but this is potentially one of those once in a generational type draft classes that we're about to say.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, there's going to be guys that, come in and get drafted this year that any other point in time that guy is an instant starter but there's just there's probably i'd say seven or eight quarterbacks that can start in the nfl coming up in this draft obviously seven or eight guys are not getting starting jobs
0: correct correct
1: Uh, i wanted to be clear that i wanted to make sure people heard me say that rather than people be like Oh, he's such an idiot. He just said we're going to get seven new NFL starters out of this draft. Not what That's I'm saying, that. but uh, the way this one was for big men and defensive players, the next one is for
0: offense. So I'm very yeah. excited. But and once again, we don't want to minimize how how great this class was for the defensive and offensive great. lines in particular, because it's just from a fantasy perspective. Like, um, well, but we're not a fantasy show, so, uh, but you know, from a fantasy perspective, this this class is going to get downplayed. But th- th- this class is going to produce some, g- some, some guys on, on in in the trenches that are going to make difference, uh, huge differences for for ten plus years. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, unfortunately, that's not as appealing to the average NFL fan as uh, as it is to us. All right. So my next grouping was 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 a grouping of three. Um, w- when I look at it. Uh, in, in that grouping was Atlanta, Detroit, and Jacksonville. But do you have anything to say about that before I give the order? I I think I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you're about to list Detroit as number as number five. Hoping that I'm about to list Detroit as number five. Okay. I am. Do you agree with the grouping though? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, would you put Houston in this grouping? Or I, I, I don't love Houston. Um, okay, okay. So it's not it's not just me. I, I thought they minimized the value of each draft pick they had. That's what I was going to say. Is
1: where they could have drastically improved, they didn't. Yep. Um, you know, they had a lot of guys that were still on the board at certain key moments where they could very well have drastically improved their team and they moderately improved.
0: Yep. Okay, good. I'm glad we're in, in agreement on that. I, I thought that that was, you know, th- there are people that will definitely argue that Houston had a great class. And it's like, it's not who they got, it's who they could have gotten. Like, <laughs> right, yep. Because when you're drafting as high as them, you should have a good draft as far as talent <laughs> on your team. Like, I'm not trying to minimize uh, Pierce or Stigley or, or, or a lot of other guys, but I, I'm just... Uh, I'm just calling it like I see it. And, uh, yes, I do have the Detroit lions coming in at number five. Um, so yeah, uh, I will, I will uh, alleviate some of you, some of your concerns there. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is, is obviously the no brainer. I mean, but we can't give them a lot of credit for that because it's kind of like, it was the second pick of the draft. Could you argue that he should have gone first? Yeah. So they, so they got value, but really they, they did what they were supposed to do there. They didn't do right. it like it wasn't like uh Thibodeau falling into the giants at eight or, you know, so on and so forth. It was okay. You had a top two pick and you, and, and you, and you got, who I consider to be the top player in the draft. Um, but with that said, they 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 did back it up as, as uh, with what I thought was a much more impressive pick for them, especially for the long term. I know that Jamison Williams is not going to be super relevant for the Lions this season. But guess what? Mm-hmm. The, the Lions weren't going to be super relevant this season. They're <laughs> going to be around middle of the pack and. I mean, we, we both feel that they're going to be around the middle of the pack in a bad division, potentially make it, uh, finding a way to scrap their way into the playoffs. Right. But Jamison Williams is going to be ready by that point in time. Right? You would, you would assume so. So uh, Yeah. And if he's not, then shut him down for the year. Give him the year of rehab and, and have the Lions c- c- truly contending for an NFC playoff run the following year. So, uh,
1: and, and I know this isn't like we're talking about draft classes and stuff. Don't forget, Jared Goff is a Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah, he, he didn't win one, but he's a Super Bowl quarterback. So I think when they added those pieces, and I think you know, Aiden Hutchinson was a guy you absolutely had to have if you're the Lions, but with that mentality. Yep. So I don't. I'm not giving them like, oh my gosh, they got Hutchinson. Like they, they had to. Yep but there was no better off place this year. <laughs> there was just no better place in the league than to go with a guy that, you know, made him picked himself up and just made himself very good. Because if you look at any pre-draft board from preseason college football, Hutchinson's not a first round pick. Hutchinson's not a second round pick. You know, the highest I think most of those pre-draft boards have him going is very late second round. And that's why we play the games, Right. <laughs> right. He literally put himself into the Heisman Trophy conversation. Yeah, and if you if you watch college football at all, you understand it is very hard for a defensive player to put themselves in that conversation without a fake girlfriend. Yes, <laughs> but hey, that's that's a Notre Dame joke. Don't make those.
0: Okay, <laughs> he was the last guy in contention for the Heisman, though, right? From defense. Yep. Okay, there's been some
1: defensive Heisman finalists. But not that you can make a case for. Yeah. You know, sometimes they, sometimes they, uh, the voting gets split funny and you end up with, uh, instead of three guys, you end up with five or, you know, four or five. And sometimes like a defensive guy finds his way to, to the invite, but everybody knows there's no chance that that guy wins this. Yeah. With Hutchinson, you were like, I-, I don't think he wins it,
0: but I can make a case for it. Yeah. And you can definitely make a case for him being an F, uh, a star in the NFL. Like, as far as mm-hmm. playing against the run. Now, it's funny because I think he's going to have less sacks than quite a few people this uh, year as far, uh, from from this class on a uh, defensive line. But I think his tackle total will probably be a good 30 more th- th- uh, than any of those guys. So yeah. it's, he just has oh my- instincts that finds the ball. Running backs, Detroit's lines running uh, ru- rushing defense got – insanely better just by adding one rookie and i'm gonna go ahead and give him a pick
1: too um give, give me the put me down for the one interception you know three force fumbles two fumble recovery and like eight sack
0: camp oh i i definitely think he's gonna uh be a turnover machine i i, I definitely i'm a very firm believer in hutchinson now my, my biggest uh, and I, I know I gave the IDP awareness moment to Kyle Hamilton. My biggest concern with, uh, where if like, if, if talking dynasty and uh, you know, anything with IDP again, sometimes defensive lines, uh, defensive linemen just aren't balanced enough for your mm-hmm. league, which is why I'm not saying that he should be an automatic first round pick. You have you have to look at, uh, it, yeah, and really when it comes down to it, uh, th- there are, you might already have two guys better than him and you could probably improve your, uh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? So Kyle Hamilton, uh, Hamilton from a fantasy perspective, uh, will, will be more relevant year one, but Aiden Hutchinson is going to be exactly what the lions intended him uh, for him to be the next 10 to 12 years. And he gives that defense instant credibility and he makes it that much easier for guys who are coming back from an injury like Oduka to perform at the top of their games so um any other uh, players you want to highlight in the lions draft class for me it's Uh, superstars for me i do
1: want to just say one thing about the lions draft that i think that you know they had great talent they drafted well they drafted the right personalities yeah and it's so rare that you see teams do that they drafted the right personalities yeah
0: um
1: But, yeah, I'll let you move on. Uh, We did start the
0: podcast a little late, and I'm starting to get a little hungry. So we'll move right along. All right, moving right along. Um, When it came down to Atlanta versus Jacksonville, I kept all looking back and forth, and I'm like, you know what? I I wanted to take a shot at Atlanta for not taking Garrett Wilson and taking Drake London instead. But really, when it Mm -hmm. came down to it, I thought that the the Atlanta Falcons did slightly better than the Jacksonville Jaguars when it came to to the draft class. Um, Okay. And in hindsight, I talked myself into why Drake London was the, was the better pick. When you're pairing the 6'5 Drake London with the 6'4 Kyle Pitts, it's going to be a, a kind of hard to – there's not many teams in the league that pair two, re, two receivers that size together. Uh, I also like the late-round pickup of Alger. I know a lot of people are, are super high on it. Like I'm, I'm not telling you that he's definitely going to like, – I don't know how much he's going to take away from Cordero Patterson. But I think that, you know, Cordero Coral Patterson is in an anomaly, 31 years old. Um, he's right. a running back of the future for that team. Uh, he has been relatively healthy throughout his career. And he's, you know, he's a dynamic return man. If all share shows that he can be, uh, a, you know, a, a two down running back, it makes so much more sense to put Patterson back on returns and third downs, right?
1: It does. And I'm completely blanking right now. And I'm going to sound like a football idiot.
0: Who did they trade for to be their quarterback? Uh, They traded for uh, Marcus Mariota to be their quarterback. And that's I saved the best for last with the uh, Falcons because did you watch Desmond Ritter's speech, uh, his, his interview after he was selected? No, I didn't. The intent, like, Guys, do yourselves a favor. Watch YouTube clip on that. The intensity with which he spoke gave me goosebumps. And, you know, it's – and I I get it. That speaking is not a part of the game at all. Like, I I, I wasn't – I didn't care about Desmond Ritter until I watched the interview afterwards. But rookie quarterbacks who aren't necessarily going to be starting – don't come in and say, I'm not going to be leaving Atlanta until I win a Super Bowl. Yeah. No and, one and else said that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, so I like Mariota. Um, I like Mariota, I too. I think he's sufficient. My concern in Atlanta is that Mariota is actually good. And if Mariota is actually good, which I think he is, what happens?
0: Well, if Mariota uh, turns out to be good, then that Atlanta Falcons offense is going to be really good because London is – London is – I don't think he's as dynamic as the rest of his class, but he is NFL ready. Right. So on, on an offense that's going to feature that, that may have Algier, we, we don't know what's going on with uh, with the running back situation – uh perfectly but on an offense that is going to feature London Pitts and Patterson it's going to be a pretty good offense if you get good mm-hmm. uh, if you get good quarterback play and we both believe in Mariota um I know I at the very least was impressed by Ritter's intensity uh that could be a problem down the line because Mariota's still right. pretty young you know he's he's 28 and you know Ritter's going to be uh, you know if he's going to be ready to start at any given point in time, he's going to be ready to start but, uh, by the time Mariota's 31. Mariota's still going to have uh, years left in the league. And if he somehow makes this Falcons team into a playoff team in two, in two seasons, how do you take the job away from him? So, you can't. And that's the reason why I put Atlanta be- below Detroit, because they could potentially set themselves up for a quarterback controversy in the future
1: but you know i i don't like the guy but Stephen a smith did say one you know one thing that was really good about quarterback controversies it means you got two that are good enough you know you might be you would hypothetically think that the falcons unload are able to unload one of them yeah um so for the falcons sake i hope that they have a good quarterback controversy um and the other I, thing, I
0: do, too, is Mariota isn't exactly the known for keeping his health.
1: No, that's what I was going to say. I will say also I find it utterly impossible to root for the Falcons after the way they did Matty Ice so dirty.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, – yeah, there's really nothing to say about that. It seems like star players are in a hurry to get out of there. Yep. And I was going to insert – Insert sports bet and joke here, but it felt a little inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: Ridley, Ridley wanted out of Atlanta so bad that he was going to take a one year suspension.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's 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 a, that's a different story that we've already covered though. So, <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah let's next, talk right? Jacksonville. um, yeah, Jacksonville, uh, yeah. The thing that has me most excited about Jacksonville, and I'm going to start with with a uh, with a non-draft thing and work it into h- how they drafted in the first round. Because on paper, taking Trayvon Walker one and uh, taking Devin Lloyd later in that uh, in that round looks good, but it, it it doesn't necessarily look like it qualifies you for the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look at and see who the new Jacksonville defensive coordinator is. He spent the last five or six years as the linebacker coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that Barrett, JPP, Devin White, uh, Levante, David group. Right. We already have Josh Allen and Lua kun on that team. So what they needed to do, they needed to add a second strong edge rusher and a second high tackle linebacker. Trayvon Walker, and Devin Lloyd feel the exact needs of how that defense runs. Sauce awesome on that.
1: I, I agree. And I think they did okay, you know, protecting Trevor Lawrence too in the draft. Yes. They got they got him protection. They'll keep him upright.
0: Um, they didn't get him the dynamic uh, playmaker. But they, uh, they they focused on protecting him, and honestly, you know, we don't know that the dynamic playmaker isn't already there in Travis Etienne. Right, and they're getting him back. Yep,
1: <clears throat> and you know that college connection. If you haven't seen it, you can go find it all over YouTube. They routed Notre Dame forty-seven to seven. Um, it, when Etienne and and uh, Lawrence are healthy together. Lawrence has a way to know exactly where Etienne's is going to be. And ETN has a way that is almost uncanny because there's a lot of times you see him catch balls when his head wasn't turned when Lawrence threw it. They were just so in sync with each other that he, he had that internal clock and he would count and know that Trevor counted and know that where the ball is going to be.
0: And one of the things to note too, the reason why Jaguars did not go with the offensive lineman, uh, uh, early on, because I know some people were thinking that there was a chance that uh, one of the big tackles would come off the board. They did mm-hmm. sign, so some people might fault them for that if they didn't notice what the what the signing that happened the day before. They brought back Cam Robinson the day before the draft, right. so that's something that's very important for for everyone to note. And you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think Jacksonville easily has a top ten defense this year. Wow because of what was set up with the two first round picks.
1: And I think that's like, you know, people that are upset about like the fact that they went a little different than people thought they were going to. Yeah. I think we have to all sit back and remember, we don't make very much money to cover football. Um, Last time I checked, nobody gave me a penny, Um, you know, and you're, you're not making, you're not making a killing doing this so
0: I, I, I will I will split the whenever we get up to fifteen dollars on the promotionals from anchor <laughs> uh, I, I, I will I will split that with you <laughs> I will
1: tell you that you, I don't
0: I, I'm good but um I, I think we're sitting somewhere around like eight dollars and fifty cents or something right now <laughs> I could almost
1: retire <laughs> uh, no but I do think that you know
0: they, they know something that we don't yeah, and that's why – because the Devin Lloyd pick really confused me when they made it. Like, I was so confused, and I was like, I'm looking up who, the, who this defensive coordinator is that, that needs two linebackers. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw that it was Devin White and Levante David that he was working with, I'm like, oh, I think Oluokun might be better than White. <laughs> now, I'm not going to go far enough to say Lloyd is better than David, but I will say that when you're starting next to someone, when the person's used to running the the David White and they're starting with a Luakun, it's looking pretty good for Lloyd.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so who'd you have at number eight?
0: All right. So uh, here's where a grouping of teams where I thought that it was possible to put... Um, or, uh, I thought it was possible to put... Uh, Seattle, Indy, Carolina, Green Bay, Chargers, and Chiefs for the final three spots.
1: Wow, you just completely thrown the Carolina
0: Panthers away, huh? Uh, no, I I said Carolina in there.
1: Oh, I didn't hear you say Carolina. I said, sorry. I
0: said Panthers.
1: Oh, yeah, okay.
0: I said uh, I said Seattle, Indy, Panthers, uh, Green Bay, Chargers, Chiefs. Well, I, I I said three teams by their city and three teams by uh by their mascot.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> got me confused a little bit there. Um. So, and I'm just gonna. uh, I'm just gonna, I I'm going to start by saying when when I when I when I took a step back and 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 I was breaking it down. I, I I did go to a little bit of a formula here, and I I didn't necessarily love the results, so I switched one at the end, and I have the chiefs coming in number eight in uh in the draft this year, and it's weird because. I feel like it's not uh, that it's it's not as the the Chiefs being right high isn't something that every person who broke this down did. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe I maybe it's being a little biased towards uh, George Karloftis and Sky Moore, but I believe they're both gonna be very legitimate pros, and they're gonna make a much bigger splash than, uh, than 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 their adp this season. Would you like to share anything on Carlothis or uh Sky?
1: Not really. Um oh. I, I'll be honest, I didn't I don't have the Chiefs up this high. Okay. Um, I, I had the Chiefs around middle. You know, I'm talking like 13, 14, 15 range. I don't think they did it enough to address the um, the Tyreek Hill of it all,
0: if you will. Um, and we can't give them credit for what they signed after the draft, right? Because they did bring in a few, and and maybe that's where some of the buy, like maybe that's where some of my bias comes from, because I feel like the Chiefs did a very good job with the unrestricted free agents at rookie free agents after the draft. Um. I'm not uh, I'm not 100 percent sold at the uh, the running back they selected um who was the running back they selected well I think that just goes to show you right there yeah though um, so I know he was just picked up in uh, the dy- uh, the dynasty league we're both in so let me see who just claimed him Dave just uh, claimed uh, Isaiah Pacino. what uh, well, no uh, Pachico? I mean, I think though it goes back to
1: uh, outside of Shady McCoy. Has Has Andy Reid ever properly coached a running back? Ryan Westbrook. Okay, I'll get okay. So since Philly, has he coached a good running back? Jamal Charles. Oh, you know what, dude? We're both forgetting the obvious name that everybody just screamed into their phone. (laughs) We both forgot Kareem Hunt.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, you could argue that it's only been Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that's been the bust.
1: Well, I guess it's what have you done for me lately, Andy? Um, yeah, uh,
0: yeah we're, we we put him on a short leash, but... Uh, because it does seem like uh, their, their window to win a Super Bowl is closing rapidly. Their window to win a
1: Super Bowl, I think, is uh, Travis Kelsey's ACL. Yeah. You know, if Kelsey if Kelsey goes down, man, that that team takes a massive hit. God forbid that Patrick Mahomes goes down. Um, they didn't. They to me, they did not round themselves out to where I look at them and I say they're deep. Oh, wait a minute. Okay,
0: no. Um, I can't believe I didn't say his name. So, because uh, going off of just Mike Carloftis and more, the one of the reasons why that Kansas City is this high for me. Uh, Trent McDuffie, they, they lost, um, they, they lost Chadarius uh, uh, Ward. Yeah. Chadarius Ward mm-hmm. in this off season, he went over to the 49ers. I believe that McDuffie is a guy who can come in and, and fit. I, I don't, he's not a shutdown guy, but he is a guy who will get, uh, he's one of the better tackling corners in, uh, in this class. W- would you say that he is the top tackling corner in this path in his class? no no who would you say is the top tackling corner in this class
1: um
0: uh, kyle hamilton know? what
1: kyle hamilton hamilton's a safety isn't he um crap i'm forgetting his name um keep
0: talking you keep talking feel no all right so so when it comes down to it, I I felt like they needed to uh I need I felt like they needed to add uh dress corner. I feel like they needed to address edge rusher. I am very content with with them adding um uh both McDuffie and Carlotta uh Karloftis to fill those needs. They clearly needed to go wide receiver to, to to add to the weapons. I guess it really all comes down to if you believe uh if you how much you believe in Sky Moore when you're when you're really evaluating this Kansas City class. And I believe in Sky Moore. Uh and, okay. and if you don't, I could definitely understand why the Chiefs would slip uh, to, to the middle of the pack. But um I believe that Sky Moore will be will be a starter on the Kansas City Chiefs offense before this season is over. Okay. Um, and I know there's conflict because he's a slot receiver and Juju's a slot receiver. or has been turned into one, but it really just kind of makes sense to me that Juju is going to get moved back to the outside at some point in time by Kansas City, and that Sky Moore will fill uh, very nicely into that slot.
1: So I have to be honest. I pulled an uh oh, stupid ahead. Okay. Uh, the cornerback I was looking at is on my draft class 2023 notepad. Okay. So he is not currently in the NFL.
0: He is still in college. So, um, so firstly, I think that McDuffie will potentially be the top tackling corner of this uh, class, which does two things for that uh, Chiefs defense. It does, you know, a lot of teams uh, tried to ball, ball control versus uh, uh, to, to keep the Chiefs offense off the field. Yes, it does. Um, oh, wow. I'm tongue-tying myself. The truth is, yes, it will. It doesn't. He's not going to lock anybody down and keep someone down, but he's going to make sure that plays that could have been that were thrown short of the first down marker and the drive. And I think that that's something the Chiefs needed to address in this draft. Um, But. You know, if you don't have them there, I can definitely see why someone wouldn't have them there. For um, me, it's – I believe they added three starters out of this draft who will be playing relevant roles to the team uh, by about midway through the season. Okay. So, um, number nine. Number nine. Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. Um, I think Spiller is the perfect guy to replace Austin Eckler when all is said and done. And I believe that he will also be featured some this season and correct me if I'm wrong. Spiller could actually help out in the return game too, right?
1: Yes, he can. So. Um, a Lot of experience there.
0: Um, a lot of experience there actually. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you have things to say about Spiller. So yeah, you know, give me your lowdown on Spiller.
1: He's just fast. He's agile. He's, He's everything you're looking for from John Ross without the freakish speed and the uncanny ability to get hurt. Yeah. Um, And and that's to me, like, he's just an all-around – I don't know how to say it. He's an inner-city football kid. Yep. Um, And I don't want that to come across like I'm, you know, being aggressive or condescending towards one segment of the population or not. But when you watch, when you watch kids from a well-off area play football, they tend to have better fundamentals. Um, or we're going to say same, same skill level. Um, but when you watch an inner city kid play, his fundamentals may not be as good, but he's a football player. He's going to put his nose down. He's going to take the big hit to the, he's going to take the big hit when he needs to. And he's just going to keep
0: on playing. I think that's what they, what you're getting there. And I think it matches very well with what they're going to do with offense. I, I'm one of the people, probably one of the few people, who believe that he will take a few touches away from Austin Eckler. I still think Austin Eckler is, is a – I still agree with Austin Eckler being a top-three fantasy back this year. But um, I, I think that we will definitely see Spiller being featured some of the offense and a lot on the special teams. And honestly, in the fourth round where they got him, you could argue that Spiller is one of the steals of the draft.
1: Yeah, and, um, I figured it could possibly help, um, in my controversial hot take statement is, uh, Justin Herber- Herbert is your 2022 MVP. Is, um, is that really that controversial? I think so, because a lot of people still don't want to give it to him. They don't want to show him the love and respect yet. Um, but yeah, I like this pickup a lot. I, I think the Chargers did great,
0: um... Let's talk about Zion Johnson. Zion Johnson being added to that offensive line. they got they got the big exterior guy last year in Rashawn Slater. They got the big interior guy this year. Zion Johnson potentially was the best interior alignment available in this draft. Um, and you know, once again, they got it. They got. Oh, is that? Oh, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, okay, cool. My, uh, wife
1: was, my wife is texting me because we, we do have dinner, but we're going to – you know, we're, we're on nine. We're almost so we're, done.
0: So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and once again, they got him in the, in the second half of the first round. Yeah. I, you know, they, they picked up uh, – I don't know. Last year, they traded up to get Slater. This year, they waited to get Zion Johnson. And I don't know. Got anything to say off of that? I just – I really honestly
1: – I don't think the Chargers went out and got superstars. You know, there, there's not a Jamar Chase player on this team. You don't think Johnson's a superstar? I, is he going to be a guy that week ten? You're like, oh my goodness, this guy's a rookie of the year for sure. I don't, I don't think Whoa. he's that guy. Is he a guy who ten years from now is going to have seven All Pros? Probably, but but football is not. A, we're not looking at what a long term advantage is to a team. We're looking at who I'm looking to talk about who makes the impact tomorrow. Um, I, I think that they've rounded themselves out better than the, than teams like the Chiefs. And I'm going to say, you know, this is, this division is a division of death. Um, good God, whoever has to play this division this year from the NFC, I, I, I am sorry.
0: <laughs> you, you know, like. Murder's row. You don't get an easy game from the AFC West. And by the way, AFC West football is much, must watch
1: football this year. Like, oh, it's the NFC West, because Russ is playing against Seattle. Okay. But, but, uh, but that, that might be the alternate 17th game. It might be. So I'll look into it later, but I mean, I, this is just
0: you got the Chiefs. Our and next Chargers few shows, we're going to be breaking down the schedule, so
1: <laughs> Oh, so there's, there's just a cliffhanger.
0: Oh, uh, the, the Rams and the Chargers play each other this year. So yeah, it is the NFC West.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it's the division that we couldn't stop talking about at all last year versus the division that we can't stop talking about uh, can't stop
1: talking about this year <laughs> and you know I'm going to throw it out right now Um, put it on the records the steal of the draft is in LA and it's not the Chargers okay the steal of the draft is in with the Rams and it's Kyron Williams who they finally in LA now have when Cam Akers goes down again, because he will, Daryl Henderson will go down again. Um, they have a third legitimate running back. The best part about Kyron Williams, and this is not something that's going to pop up on any stat sheet and nobody else is going to talk about it. So it's definitely a J-Mill for real exclusive. He is the best practice squad running back you can have. Okay. Um, Elaborate a little. So, it, you know, in the event that, cam acres and henderson are both healthy well here's the other thing too we've seen acres run three backs even if they right. are healthy. but what Make But when you're looking at what you're looking at with Kyron is he can he is a power back with speed he can help prepare your defense for any team because if if you're going against a you know a cea that's it's more power if you're trying to go up against lamar i know that uh I know that Notre Dame used him a lot when we were going up against Georgia Tech, and he was the opposing quarterback mm. um, because he was a high school quarterback with a lot of speed. So he, he can get your defense ready for guys like Lamar Jackson or Tua, you know, and he can also help get your defense ready for the for the CEHs out there. Yeah. Undervalued position, practice squad guys.
0: So they need before- to get paid more money. Before we get to the 10th spot on the list, you've already gave him the shout out to Williams there. And he's on my list of players whose, whose spots I, I, I love the landing on. Um, I, I prepared a, qu- a quick list of those. And I know we've already talked about Kyle Hamilton and uh, Devin Lloyd, Jermaine Johnson with the Jets. Those are some of my favorite spots. I, I, I love the Nicobe Dean with Philly. I love love the Evan Neal with the New York Giants. Uh, Icky Iguanu with with the Carolina Panthers is one of my favorite ones that we haven't uh, talked about yet. Um, Mm. If McCaffrey can manage to stay healthy this year, Iguanu can potentially make McCaffrey look even better. And And I know that's a crazy statement. And if McCaffrey can't stay healthy, it's okay. Um, Because Iguanu will still be there, and he's potentially the top uh, run-blocking player alignment
1: in this draft so mr miller i'm gonna ask you this nicely as a professional courtesy since we're do you have another light in your room yes or or a curtain because you're coming across very gray right now
0: the undead are rising
1: (laughs) I, i believe the sun is setting in new jersey at this time of day and uh you're starting to. there you go there we go there we go i just know that since you're recording it for multiple platforms you probably didn't want to yeah you probably didn't want to look gray and the zombie like there for the whole thing <laughs> i mean that'll be a cool podcast maybe for october we'll dress up as zombies and we'll be we can do something about like the walking dead football teams or something
0: there we go um but yeah <laughs> the, the teams that are walking dead in the nfl right <laughs> So, uh, who would you have as you
1: as you're rounding out this top ten, or were your players landing spots? I can't remember which one we are currently doing. Yeah,
0: we're still doing uh, players landing spots really quick. Uh, I, I, I loved uh, Dax Hill to, uh, to to Cincinnati. I think the, the opportunity to learn behind both Bell and Bates, and the uh, the, the the clear where um, you know both of those guys aren't going to both of those guys aren't going to be on the team next year. So the fact that he's learning behind both of them this year, they can jump into that role. Cincinnati's defense improves a little this year, and potentially a lot next year as a result of it. Uh, already covered Hutchinson, McDuffie, already covered Ritter. Uh, Henning, uh, the, the, the Saints found a, a great re, uh, replacement for uh, the guy they lost to the Dolphins. Um, who did the Saints lose to the Dolphins on the offensive line? Armstead. So mm-hmm. Penning should come in and, and do an excellent job for them. I love that spot. And um, looking down the list, I uh, the, the final one I want to highlight is uh, Jair Elam. I think the Buffalo Bills uh, got exactly what they needed to get from this draft. Like Buffalo was someone who I considered talking about a little, but uh, because James Cook and Jair Elam. But at, at, at the same time, it was one of those things where um, – I'm still not sold that Buffalo running backs are anything other than a novelty piece on the team. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't get too high about James Cook. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So I would love James Cook as the third down back on another team, but, you know, who knows, right? And maybe maybe Buffalo makes me eat my words, and James Cook is exactly the, the player that they needed to improve the offense even more. <laughs> improve the <laughs> offense more. They played a perfect game against the Patriots in the playoffs. How could you improve that offense more? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> um, but, yeah, my final spot. Uh, a- any other players you want to add? Anything you want to add off the players I said? Uh,
1: not really. I, I just want to say, you know, all around for Kyle Hamilton that we've talked about it a little bit a lot of it for kyle hamilton that was perfect yeah absolutely beautiful for me as a for me as a kyle hamilton fan i don't love it um because it means i
0: have to root for lamar but no you don't you you just have to root for the ravens to win or lose six to three (laughs) (laughs) but you could you could be happy. You could Kyle Hamilton can scoop, uh, scoop and score in the same game that the Ravens lose, right? Yeah, I just want to ring for the kid. Yeah, you
1: know, he he busted his tail for the Irish. I just want to ring for the kid.
0: Yeah, there's worse teams to root for than the Ravens. That's true. Okay, final spot, tenth spot on the list. I gave it to the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> okay. And I, I still don't know why. Because I'm looking at it now, and I, at at the glance, I think Carolina did better, and Indy did better, and I'm still not sure why. And it has nothing to do with Clay Walker. I, I love the second uh, Georgia defensive tackle uh, in Williams, uh, in Williams here, and I also kind of feel like. The Packers didn't trade up for the wide receiver in the first round. And Rodgers seems to to love – I am drawing a blank. New Packers rookie wide receiver. Uh, Second rounder. uh, This is what Google's for. Talk a little. Talk about Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm just going to say that I give no love to Aaron Rodgers. I give no love to anybody that gives love to Aaron Rodgers. And, Ethan, you still suck. <laughs> Your team is still bad, and I apologize for it, but you don't deserve the love.
0: Okay, my bad. And I I, I said Williams. Uh, I can't believe I said uh D- Wyatt. I actually believe that there's a good chance that, separated from Jordan Davis, that Devonta Wyatt uh, – will actually flourish in the NFL. I love his versatility on the line. I I love his, his quickness moving from one spot to another. I believe he can he, he can be a great replacement for an aging Kenny Clark. And on that line that has a lot of age, I I, I actually I actually believe that he, he keeps that Packer defense on the level that it was last year. Um I don't think Quay Walker is a big deal because Devondre Campbell's there and Packers want to run one linebacker more often than anyone else in the league. It seems, Mm -hmm. but Devondre Campbell's also getting old. Can I see Quay Walker potentially fill in that role in the future? Yes, I could potentially see him fill in the role in the future, but again, it's a futures move. And finally with Christian Watson, I'm merely going off the fact that Aaron Rodgers is pleased that Watson was a member of the Packers. Uh I you, you see a lot of reports where he uh where, where he parallel where, where there's a lot of parallels be hit between him and a young uh Devonte Adams at this stage in the game. Um I think that that's kind of crazy but I can't you know so, sometimes you go off the stuff that uh because uh because the combine backs it up other times you go off of uh the the intensity of speech the other times you go off of just a, an amazing college career and sometimes you just mm-hmm. have uh, with in case of jacksonville you go off of uh what uh what the coaching scheme requires and what they did uh the team need that it's going to other times you just look to see if the if the most important person in the situation is happy And Aaron Rodgers being happy at what the Packers did in the draft. Makes me believe that the Packers had a good draft. Does that make sense at all? It
1: does just because Aaron Rodgers is never happy. Yeah. The the guy is perennially miserable. The guy's a Karen. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, if he's happy, sure. Um, I I can care less about the Packers and I can care less about Aaron Rodgers at this point. Um, I'm I'm sick of the guy.
0: Would you have given so, it
1: to Carolina, Indy, or Seattle? I would say I would say yes. I would have probably gone with Indian, uh, Carolina for the fact that they they helped themselves in the event that McCaffrey goes down. And, and I I have to believe, and I know you're going to say, well, you can't vote off that. I have to believe Baker Mayfield starts the year in Carolina and that helps, but really what it all boils down to, what it all boils down to me for to me is they're not as reliant on Christian McCaffrey as they were two months ago.
0: See, it's fu- it's funny because uh, I actually tend to believe that Baker Mayfield's going to end up as a Seahawk. The Seahawks have gone on mm-hmm. record saying that they're going to try to claim uh Baker off waivers if uh if the Browns cut him
1: uh real quick one one story we forgot about at the beginning that's kind of kind of weird Kaepernick to the Raiders question mark uh
0: I think that Kaepernick to the Raiders is a perfect uh topic of conversation for a news versus noise episode that we're going to be doing Okay. After, after we cover the NFL schedule, we'll cover guys like uh, Colin Kaepernick and Daryl Williams, and um, you know, uh, uh, and they pay some homage to Fitzmagic finally calling it a career. So all right. we we can all right. we can do an easy ten minutes on Fitzmagic. We we clearly gave him uh, we clearly gave him more screen time than he we should have given him last year. So <laughs> yeah, but. Um, but, yeah, that's everything. Um, and, it yeah, uh, New England is definitely my worst draft class. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, the, yep. For teams that had draft picks. So, um, and, the, you know, San Francisco is pretty low on that list. <laughs> uh, yeah, Miami the the- obviously the- traded away their whole draft class. So, <laughs> but, um, you yeah, know, so there are some bottom dwellers for you. All right. Any final closing statements from you?
1: No, just, uh, you know, uh, again, it's, it's just been fun and, uh, I'm glad that we're I'm glad we're back doing this. And hopefully we can, uh, pick up a few more of these podcasts. We should, uh, definitely at some point talk about when we can sit down and record a couple so that way we get them in the can and we can't, we don't miss weeks.
0: Yeah. Uh, may, maybe, uh, maybe look to record some of these NFL schedule podcasts later because nothing's going to change as far as that. Right. Those, those schedules are, uh, they're locked in. Yeah. Also,
1: if, if you haven't done this yet, this will be my final parting gift to everybody go on the ball, uh, do a Google search for the Denver Broncos schedule release TikTok. Um, did, did you have a chance to see it? No, I have not.
0: I in, will be in seeing balls- it right after.
1: It involves. Uh, I'm not going to give you many spoilers. It involves Peyton Manning, John Elway, and Russell the intern Wilson. <laughs> and it is um, the it's, Wilson. It's, uh, and um, Adam Scheffner's in it. It is absolutely a thing of. It's it's a thing of beauty.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, since we're talking about Team TikToks, so you should definitely check out the Colts mascot on TikTok too. Wow. <laughs> the yeah the Colts mascot is the best part about the Colts yeah no he, he really is and it's it's not even and it's not even like the Colts are all, all that awful as a whole like yeah uh, the Colts no are, he's just hilarious it's just the mascot's the best thing about them <laughs> uh I think it's blue uh, blue is his name there we go but, yes blue but yeah definitely all right. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of this show. Thank you for just uh, uh, for your patience in the time that we are away. And uh, we're, we're back in action, ready to go. Thank you all who become a part of the jml for real uh, community. Uh, if you notice, we have the, uh, um, some uh, images and logos up at this point in time. Uh, t-shirts are going to be coming soon not that i'm expecting anyone to buy them but uh ethan you are going to get a reward of the of the first uh of the first batch of jmo for t t-shirts for for winning the poll this past season so uh, and uh yeah no uh a co-host will definitely be receiving that too uh, nice. but, i will wear it to, i will wear it proudly so um and uh you know thank you uh shout out to the Bin Buster. Uh, uh, Graydon Cochran for, for making those logos. Sorry, I have to shout out your rival this show. So, <laughs> but I mean, he, he did do a good job on those logos, right?
1: He did, <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he, he definitely did.
0: So. Um, so. but you know, thank you for all who are a part of it and uh, the anchor for hosting it. And, uh, you yeah, know, very, uh, very much appreciate all of you during this time. And, uh, yeah, uh, and honestly, um, rem- just remember to. Uh, Take care. Take care of mental health. Uh, Another another uh, prayer sent out to the family of Gladney, and uh, just uh, you know, we've seen all these crazy things, uh, the stories that have come up with uh, that we covered at the beginning of the show. Uh, Make make sure to uh, take take time to refocus and uh, realize what's important in this life. So we love you. God bless.